Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Welcome to it. My honeydew list is about a mile long. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, wow, crazy. My daughter's graduation party is this weekend, so... A lot of stuff going on in the uh, Carson household. Uh, a lot of things I want to get to, including uh, Target is, I mean Target, guys. Target stock price is going down in flames. Uh, and we'll get into uh, why that is. I think you know why it is because of, uh, you know, a toddler swimsuits made for boys that allow them to tuck their genitalia so they can pretend they're girls. There you go. I know. And then using a designer that celebrates Satan. Other than that, Target is great. Seriously, go there. Expect more. Pay less. It is so worth it. Oh, my God. Target. That little dollar section when you go in there. Oh, my God. You see all the things in there? Oh, my God. It's so fantastic. Target. Ugh. <clears throat> I kind of moved away from Target years ago. Nothing against Target. My wife loves Target. She goes to Target. Hey, I'm a Walmart guy. I'm a Walmart guy. I'm an Aldi guy. You know, that's, 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 those are my peeps. <laughs> so uh, all of that is, uh, is coming up. I do want to mention something uh, last night, and this is um, off script, I guess. Uh, last night I had the opportunity to go hang out with some uh, uh, delightful people. There's a little cigar shop near my home that I enjoy. And I have a cigar about once a month. I'm not a big cigar dude, although I've been, uh, I just got a humidor for the first time in 20 years since my son was born. And so I occasionally like a cigar. I really don't, the cigar isn't that important. It's the fellowship that I have at this place called uh, Fireside Cigar. And you can literally get a cigar shop. The amazing thing is you can meet your best friend there. All right. You will never meet your worst enemy. You may meet people who you disagree with, but you'll never meet your worst enemy. You will meet your best friend. There's a real good possibility. So I go to Fireside Cigar, and Camacho is there. Camacho is there pushing their uh, their cigars. And they're, they're very nice cigars, by the way. I got about five Camachos in the humidor. And I and I, uh, I always like to walk around and meet people, have conversations. Saw a friend of mine named Jeff there, who I literally just met a couple months ago. Enjoyed the conversation, and then I uh, I uh, sat down and I started talking with another group of friends. And and I'm just going to use uh, two examples of, of conversations that, um, uh, you know, I just don't have time for it anymore. I don't have time for nonsense. There's a movie I just saw last uh, earlier this year. It's called The Banshees of Insurance, and it's a it's a it's a uh, a metaphor. It's not, you know, to be taken seriously. It's a wonderful movie, um, but it, it's not really uh, meant to be taken serious. More of a fable, more of a, a metaphor. And it, it's about this man who's reached an age in his life where he just doesn't have enough time for nonsensical conversations that are a waste of his time. Now, now his his uh, the way he does it, the way he goes at it is insane. But but I'm kind of at that at that point that I don't really have. I mean, it's nice to meet you and everything, but honestly, if we're just going to sit here in this in this traffic circle of nonsense that I can't escape, 
then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go talk to somebody else. So I sit down immediately. I find a couple people that are very interesting. And I find this one person who's sitting to my immediate left. And he does the typical, uh, this, uh, throw up your hands because you're never going to win scenario. And it's, oh, man, you know, the voting system is so corrupt. And, and you know, them Democrats, and they got all the money and all this. So, you know what? You know, might as well just uh, 2024 is already done, man. We ain't got no choice. We got, and I just, I looked at him, and finally I just said, you know what? Nonsense. I said, I said, you're full of crap, and I don't have time for it. He said, if you aren't offering a solution, if you're going to sit there and you're just going to come I didn't say it exactly like this. I was a little bit gentil, but I made the point very I said, listen, if, you don't, if you're not offering a solution, and if you're thinking that uh, nothing can be done, then our conversation is over. I greatly appreciate it, but honestly, I have no time for people who are just willing to say that the system is going to win, and I'm not going to fight it, so screw it. I'm like, I, I really want to say, just drive a car off a cliff and get it over with. Because you have no impact on what's happening in Washington, D.C., and Washington, D.C. continue to B-slap you and steal elections and punish you as a conservative, if you are conservative, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have no time for people who are not willing to offer solutions, rather just sit around and bitch about them. So this person eventually left the conversation and sat elsewhere, which is fine with me, because I didn't. I didn't have time for it. Then another gentleman uh, started talking to me, and it wasn't because I started the conversation. He overheard the conversation that I was having. He is a Democrat. He is also a, a black guy. I'll just say it. He's a black guy. And nobody, I don't care if you're black, white, purple, whatever the hell you are. And he was sitting with some other people. It was a, it was a, a mix of people. There's Asians and blacks and whites people. And we were all having conversations. But this guy was a little nosy. And he, he, uh, he came into the conversation, heard that I had met President Trump uh, and uh, from another person who was sitting with his group. He goes, yeah, I talked to Carson. He met President Trump. And he comes over and starts shooting his mouth off. And spewing nonsense and saying that Trump is evil and this and that. And, and, I, and I said to him, finally, I said, what has the Democrat Party done for you? And you're sick because he made, kept telling me, I'm 69 years old. I've been on this planet for 69 years. I'm like, OK, congratulations. You live 69 years uh, in Kansas City. And, and, he, and he says to me, he says, uh, uh, you know, I said, what, what has the Democrat Party done for you? And he goes, nothing. And I said, why do you still support the, the Democrat Party? He goes, well, why do you support the Republican Party? What has what, what the Republican Party done? What has the Republican Party done for me? And I said, well, <clears throat> if you look at, you know, us and you particularly because you are a person of color and you look at the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party has destroyed schools, destroyed the black family, etc. And he said, well, what has the Republican Party done for me? I said, well, um, they freed the slaves. And that kind of ended the conversation, <laughs> at least the direction of that conversation. And, and, but you know the great thing? We were able to continue it. And he, and he backed down a little bit, and we talked. I said, listen to me. If you say that the Democrat Party hasn't done anything, and I've just told you why the Democrat Party has done nothing for you, and then you ask me, what is the Republican Party? And he's ready to do that moral relativism. The Democrats and Republicans are the same. They're not. They're not. One party was the slave of uh, the party of slavery. One party was the party, is the party of Jim Crow, is the party of the KKK, is the party of Planned Parenthood, is the party of the Great Society, which blew up the black family. And then he throws a Republican Party. Well, to start with, they were created to stop slavery. And then we had a, a, a rather delightful conversation after that. Did I make him? I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to convert anybody to Republicanism. The, we, this, our party's got to turn crap around, or honestly, 
uh, it's over. And, and fortunately, there is a, a movement in the Republican Party. The establishment GOP, the Paul Ryan uh, GOP, is dead. All right, the Mitt Romney GOP is dead. Uh, not, well, it's on. It's on life support. We need to kill it. All right, but but clearly, the American people are are looking toward the MAGA movement as the voice of the Republican Party. Populist movement, smaller government, strong defense, strong borders, uh, energy uh, independence, all of that. So the Republican Party, uh, as as uh, it has been through the Bush administration, is on life support and needs to be put out of its misery. And if there is another candidate who comes along who is not Donald Trump, they will have to move in the direction of the new Republican Party. So I wanted to share that with you because if you are having a debate with someone and all they're willing to do is throw their hands up and say, there's nothing I can do, then you really need to get out of the conversation because your life is too freaking short to just sit and stew and all of this and say that I'm a victim. It's, it honestly, we, we are not in a position in the, in the history of our country to just say whatever happens, happens in Washington, D.C., and there's nothing I can do about it. Because if you've noticed, we've been doing something about it. Things are coming out that, that we're learning about with regard to the federal government and the abuse of the American people, starting with the lowest learner in the IRS and coming through today with two elections, one that was tampered with in, uh, to affect a, an election in the favor of Hillary Clinton and the other one thrown successfully thanks to the FBI and the DHS and other government agencies working, paying people in big social media, the mainstream media play along, to throw that election. I can now say, without anyone screaming at me, that's misinformation, that 2020 was a screw job. It was. I'll debate anybody about this. The federal government chose sides in 2016 and lost, chose sides in 2020 and won. Joe Biden couldn't attract flies during his campaign. Donald Trump had 100-mile caravans on highways. Donald Trump had 10,000 boat flotillas. Tell me that Joe Biden got the most votes in American history, and I will say no. Ask me why I think that 2020 was not legit, and I will say, say it with me, because I'm not stupid. There you go. And then you hear this this morning. This is uh, Jake Tapper this morning. For Joe Biden, our new CNN poll. While the president leads his Democratic competitors by a huge margin, two-thirds of all of the American people surveyed, 66% of the public, say that a Biden victory would either be a setback or a disaster for the United States. Well, there you go. There you go. And it's kind of funny. I was looking this morning, and uh, MSE, NBC, and uh, CNN, despite the fact that uh, you know Donald Trump is a non-contender, and you know he's not going to win, and America's moving on, and all this stuff, uh, they seem to be. And this literally, this is a ten-hour period, a ten-hour period. Uh, Donald Trump, no longer the president of the United States, no longer the president. Uh, you know, everything that goes through Congress is a MAGA thing if it's a Republican. Okay, even though Donald Trump is over, and he's you know this and that and all that other things. But why is the media still so obsessed with this man.
Hello and welcome to Inside Politics. Well, let's start with Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Now, of course, Donald Trump. 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 Donald Trump. Trump appointed Donald Trump. Trump. Well, that's interesting because Trump. 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 President Trump. Donald Trump. 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 Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Trump has been president. President Trump. Caitlin, where are we right now? Now, why would the mainstream media, who has literally parroted exactly what the federal government wanted them to do for the last at least five years, including uh, CRT, including BLM, including COVID protocol, including the southern border, called every one of our opinions, every one of our thoughts, misinformation and disinformation. Why is that cabal of people still going after this guy? On this sentencing proceeding. Donald Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. We have a Donald Trump. Donald Trump when it comes to Donald Trump. Trump, Trump. And... Uh... Trump, Donald Trump. Missing from that is Donald Trump. You know, Trump, Trump, focus on Donald Trump, 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 Trumpism, Trump, a lot of Trumps. Fascinating. Yeah, it's because they're afraid of him. That's it. You know, I mean, the polls will vote it out. You know, we can have this discussion, but I'm, I'm presenting what's actually happening. Even though the mainstream media is still saying Joe Biden this, Joe Biden that. It's not working. It's not resonating with you and me. You and I get it. You and I get it. That's why 63% of Americans believe the Trump-Russia collusion smear was a hit job against Trump. 63% of Americans. So the truth is getting out despite the deep state, big social media, the mainstream media. Isn't it amazing? In a country that has the First Amendment, and we have got every, all of the bombs being lobbed at you and me. And it's not cutting through. And the cries are going to get more dangerous or more, more, uh, more extreme. The, uh, the fear mongering is going to get more extreme. That's why you have, you have this. Hello and welcome to Inside Politics. Well, let's start with Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Now, of course, Donald Trump. 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 Donald Trump. Trump appointed. Donald Trump. Trump. Well, that's interesting because Trump. There you go. That's all you need to know. Now, coming up, I've got a little bit more on uh, the DHS-funded program that equates conservatives to uh, Nazis. Then we're going to get into the Target debacle, because uh, Target is now a Target, and it's going down fast. Also, Ernest, you hold on. You'll be the first caller up next. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. Expression great. Follow Rob Carson on social media. Go to Truth Social Getter, Facebook and Twitter at Rob Carson Show. A staggering two-thirds of Californians believe Diane Feinstein is not fit for office. Mostly because she can't go to the bathroom by herself. You know, pretty much, or feed herself, or have a cogent thought. I posted on Facebook last night. I said, How many 80-year-olds with dementia are qualified to be the president or a senator? Yeah, there you go. That's 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 it. Yeah, uh, honestly, and uh, it is really ridiculous that we are willing to deny uh, end of life to those in office uh, because we're eventually going to be there. Some of us earlier than others, but we're going to be there. And don't you suppose that someone who is in a state of decline like this should be able to be surrounded by friends and family with dignity rather than being wheeled in to the Senate? not remembering that you haven't been there for three months. I'm just throwing that out there. Again, this is cutting through. Americans get it. Two-thirds of Californians believe she's not for, fit for office. The other one-third, honestly, are heartless buffoons, to be quite honest. Let's go to uh, Ernest in Essex. Hello, Ernest. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Good afternoon. I have a couple warnings for people 
Okay. If they don't realize the invasion of our southern border and our northern border, yes. Biden's allowing our enemies to stage their armies, especially all these Chinese coming in. Mm-hmm. And everybody's giving Biden too much credit. It doesn't matter who the Democrats, I call them Marxists, put in office. They're not running the country. And people yeah. need to understand they're not battling Biden. They're battling an organization, a Marxist organization agenda. And then the third thing, I wish the reporter that was taking notes of asking Biden a question, when he says the extreme MAGA, <laughs> ask him what MAGA stands for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He come out and say, make America great again. I'd like to see him say that. Yeah, Ernest, I um, I understand your concerns. Uh, uh, Gordon uh, Gordon Cheng the other day talked about how uh, China is uh, mobilizing its forces and populations for a conflict with the American with the, with the United States. Uh, we also have an eight hundred percent increase in Chinese military age individuals coming across our southern border. Also, a train has just been uh, emptied of sixty thousand pounds of ammonium nitrate fertilizer, and uh, they can't find it. They don't know where it is. Now, if it actually leaked out of the train car, don't you suppose you could just send a monitor down the rails and see the beads of it lying in between the tracks? Don't you suppose? Um, But there are some shenanigans. I said that, uh, well, you know, they know that Joe Joe Biden is bought and paid for by the Chinese. That's fairly obvious. Uh, $30 million plus to the Biden family through uh, different business dealings under a bunch of LLCs. We know at least 23 of them in four different banks, and there are other banks out there. And we also notice that there are very China-friendly uh, 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 things being allowed to happen, like selling a million barrels of our strategic petroleum reserve to China, uh, like allowing a Chinese spy balloon to fly over our country until it left our airspace and then shut it down. Uh, I said that when that happened, that this wasn't at the beginning of anything. It was an exclamation point. So there are exactly. things going on. And I, am in, I encourage you to keep your powder dry uh, in more ways than once, in more, in more ways than one. Because they're all reserves. Yeah, the oil reserves wouldn't have left our country without the Biden administration, Marxist administration, allowing it to happen. Yeah, I've said that, uh, and I, we got to let you go because we have some interference here. Uh, the the uh, what we're witnessing here is a Maoist revolution, uh, influenced by uh, Joseph Stalin. Uh, we have the uh, Department of Disinformation and Misinformation that they tried last year. We have the successful uh, shutting down of conservative speech the last couple of years with the deep state, uh, in combination with um, a guy who was in office. And uh, the first Christmas, we saw a Mao ornament on his Christmas tree and a promise to. To fundamentally change America. So uh, I think that we need to be aware of it. Sometimes people think this sounds paranoid. This sounds, uh, you know, a little uh, Alex Jones. But honestly, you got to kind of put two and two together. You got to look at our southern border has been opened uh, and people have been allowed to stream across. They've been given an app that makes it even easier for them. They're getting iPhone 14s and checks and hotel stays. And many of these people are our enemies on top of very China friendly policies and not holding China uh, accountable for a virus that we help them pay to create. Other than that, things are perfectly fine, and you shouldn't be worried at all, and you should just sleep comfortably at night. No, not really. Uh, you know, like I said, keep your powder dry, uh, and just just be ready. You know, just be ready, uh, because uh, things could go get really weird 
particularly going into an election year. They got really weird the last election year, and they're going to get even worse. On the way, uh, people are starting to get it. They're understanding what's going on, and they're fighting back. So the American people aren't ready to go quietly into the night. I've got great audio. Then we'll move into the Target thing. We'll move into the, uh, oh, the Dodgers uh, with their uh, drag queen uh, night, apparently. Not going to be, not going to end well for the Dodgers. That's all coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. Somebody call a plumber. It's time to drain the swamp. It's the Rob Carson Show. And our friend Jim Gossett has a brand new musical offering for us, ladies and gentlemen, for the FBI. The crooked FBI and the refusal to turn over uh, documents. The Congress subpoenaed that document. But Ray sat on it. No, it hasn't been sent. Turn it on over. Turn it on over. Chris Ray, turn it over. Let's beat him. And Mayorkas. Marjorie Taylor Greene is right. They protect Joe every day and night. They know it's over. They know it's over. If they turn it over. If they turn it over. They won't turn it over because the fix is clearly in. Bet Sleepy Joe is overjoyed. That document will be destroyed. They won't turn it over. They won't turn it over. The law says turn it over. Says turn it over. Banana Republic, that is what we're living in. get a chance to uh, check out uh, Jim Gossett on Patreon and help him out. It is a, uh, a site where people go to uh, crowdfund, you know, if they want to be an independent uh, uh, content creator, they can get paid. So if you'd like to help him out, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Jim Gossett Comedy. So uh, despite Twitter's widely documented cooperation with the deep state and its cutouts in the NGO media complex during his tenure as Twitter chief, Jack Dorsey is now... Dropping JFK quotes and attacking the FBI, CIA, and NSA. This is according to Breitbach today. He said, literally, this is Jack Dorsey, the, the guy who looks like, um, what's his name, the uh, Russian soothsayer that uh, was killed the turn of the last century. I'm drawing a blank on him. Um, well, I'll think about it. You're, you're screaming at it right now. I know what you're, I know what you're doing. It's not Nosferatu. It's an... <laughs> Splatter the CIA, NSA, and FBI into a thousand pieces and scouted them into the winds. This is what I've been saying. This is crazy. This is echoing a quote from President John F. Kennedy, who famously called for the CIA to to meet the same fate. I wonder why he got killed then. I don't know. Weird, weird, weird. Users on Twitter were quick to point out Dorsey's inveighing against the alphabet agencies comes a little late in the day, given that the security state, particularly the FBI, was allowed enormous influence over Twitter while he was the CEO. You kind of wonder why he left, didn't you know, before he, uh, you know, Elon Musk could buy and expose all this. You wonder why he left, Jack Dorsey. Why did Jack Dorsey leave? Yeah, he knew what was going on. Under Dorsey, Twitter hired James Baker. Remember this? The chief counsel for the FBI who actually facilitated the Russia collusion hoax. Yeah, and then he went to FBI, or then he went to, the, to Twitter. Yeah, Baker was fired from the company shortly after Musk's takeover. So uh, there's that. Then there's this. Listen to this. 
Documents uncovered by um, MRC Media Research revealed the Biden administration used a $40 million grant program of the Department of Homeland Security, ostensibly earmarked for anti-terrorism purposes to target conservative organizations and media, including Breitbart News and Newsmax. The targeted violence and terrorism prevention grant program was established by the DHS in 2011 to combat al-Qaeda, but was vastly expanded in its scope by the Biden administration. I told you this. The DHS took the exterior threat and the, and the exterior uh, foreign threat and turned it on American citizens who disagreed with the government. That's why they created the Department of Disinformation and Misinformation. The uh, grant encompasses several media literacy and online critical thinking initiatives, the most radical of which accuse conservative organizations like Breitbart, Turning Point USA, and Heritage Foundation of turning Americans into violent neo-Nazis. Under Biden, the program awarded 80 grants totaling $39 million. 52% of the grants were awarded to public institutions. 48 went to private institutions. One of them, the University of Dayton, used its DHS money to create a training program explaining how content from Breitbart, Fox, Heritage, the NRA, PragerU, and Republican National Committee, among others, led to far-right radicalization. The conservative organizations were placed on a pyramid of far-right radicalization. Why didn't they uh, go after the left? Because the left caused $2 billion worth of damage in the country, killed 29 people, and injured thousands of police officers during the summer 2020. Why are they not on the pyramid? Oh, they're not. They're not. The pyramid of far-right radicalization that began with the most mainstream conservative organizations ended with violent neo-Nazi militants. According to the MRC, one of the DHS-funded seminars at the university compared former President Donald Trump to the genocidal Cambodian dictator Pol Pot and suggested Florida Governor Ron DeSantis might wish to start a second holocaust. Yeah, that's what we've, that's what we've been up against. The federal government paid for it with your money, went after you with your money. Another, a number of other seminars in the program featured lectures by Michael Lodenthal, a self-proclaimed member of Antifa. Oh, that's why they didn't go after Antifa. Oh, that's why Joe Biden says that Antifa doesn't exist, but QAnon does. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh. He endorses committing illegal acts in, fr in, in the fight against the far right. A lot of things we are doing are illegal, said Lodenthal. A lot of it involves breaking the law. Don't believe me? Let's go ahead and listen to his own words at one of these seminars. To go back to, to, to your question about what can liberals do, and, and I feel like it's a trite and, and you know, simple answer, but you can give money. That's always really appreciated. Uh, we have legal defense funds because we get... A, trouble a lot of the things we're doing are illegal right what i'm saying what i'm telling you a lot of it is let's hear that again real quick here all of this stuff here uh, we have legal defense funds because we get in a trouble a lot of the things we're doing are illegal right what i'm saying what i'm telling you a lot of it is involves breaking the law <laughs> wow, the he literally said a lot of it is involves breaking the law he said a lot of it involves breaking the law Lodensall also used one of his DHS-funded seminars to push censorship and financial blacklisting, explaining how anti-fascists who are fascists could pressure platforms like, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Go fund me. Patreon. PayPal. Venmo. To show conservatives the door. And I've seen this on GoFundMe. Go fund me. 
And I've seen this on PayPal and Venmo. They've gone after conservatives. Conservatives have to go to other platforms to raise money because these platforms, even when you're trying to raise money, will discriminate against you if you are conservative. Bought and paid for by the federal government. The fact that taxpayer money funneled through a DHS program established in 2017 or 2011 to fight al-Qaeda ended up funding Lodenthal's seminars is another addition to a growing pile of evidence that Biden administration is using the federal government to target domestic political opponents. No kidding. And then also, they have been uh, several organizations like NewsGuard and Global In- Disinformation Index. They've gone after American media platforms like Newsmax to kill their advertisers, to stop them from advertising, not literally kill them. Although I wouldn't put it past them, to be quite honest. This is Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi is a liberal journalist. He liked to call himself a, 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 an ACLU liberal. Talking to Greta Von Susteren on uh, on uh, on Newsmax uh, last night, Matt Taibbi uh, never expected this when he was uh, investigating the Twitter files, and he un- uncovered all of this malfeasance from the deep state, DHS, IRS, all of these agencies, and and he ended up getting investigated by the FBI and, or, or by the IRS, and uh, and literally contacted on Christmas Day uh, and then visited in March by the FBI as he was testifying before Congress about the Twitter files. Here is Matt Taibbi, uh, a liberal journalist on the deep state. Good. I, I have no idea. Honestly, the first time I heard about this whole thing, um, when I came back from testifying on the Hill on March 9th, I found out that a, an agent had come to my home. I thought, there's no way this is related. That's too silly uh but i told the committee because uh, i thought they had a right to know and now that we have some answers about it it, it definitely seems suspicious i i don't know what to think i don't i can't see an innocent explanation for it all right how, how long have you lived at that home uh, about three years four years and in that three years or four years time had you ever received like a registered letter from before you got the home visit from the irs agent had you ever received a registered letter or a certified letter from the irs or any kind of letter from the irs i have actually yes and and i and i got letters about um the 2021 issue i got at least one letter about that that i know of and uh that i thought was probably a real issue it was there was the 2018 issue that really freaked me out because they say that they sent me letters um and then didn't contact me for over three years about this and then suddenly opened a case about 2018 on christmas eve that chronology makes no sense to me they say the reason for that is because the, the pandemic was going on and they couldn't send field agents out but i'm pretty sure the pandemic doesn't stop you from sending letters so i i don't really understand yeah we're going to have to uh take apart the fbi the irs the doj uh we're going to have to take them apart it's going to have to happen with defunding and then when uh when a republican president presumably uh donald trump steps into office then uh then a wholesale reduction uh or reinvention of all these agencies has to happen because uh the higher-ups in those organizations are illegally going after Americans for differing political views. Matt Taibbi, what just happened to him? That's illegal. People need to go to jail for a very long time for that, for that alone.
or, or for going after parents who protest CRT or going after people who are just on the Capitol grounds on January the 6th. I can go on and on. But honestly, the lid's coming off this pressure cooker. The lid is coming off of this pressure cooker, and the bleep's about to hit the fan. They know it, too. So, like, uh, as I like to say, uh, the deep staters, the Democrats, uh, they die like movie vampires, scratching and clawing and trying to drag you into hell with them. But that's not going to work. Uh, let's go to uh, Thomas in Baltimore. Thomas, welcome to the Rob Carson Show on this Friday. Hello. What's going on? How you doing, Rob? Glorious. What's up? Yeah, I, I, all these talk show radios are so surprised about the corruption in the FBI. The FBI's been corrupt uh, back in the Hoover, Hoover years. Oh, yeah. Well, the FBI's been crooked since the day it was founded. And it was uh, the Internet back then, so you don't know how bad it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the FBI was created in the, in the Wilson administration. He was a, uh, a socialist, essentially. And, and I would venture to say that while the FBI has done great work and while there are people who have worked for the FBI who were legitimately concerned about safety, security, and law, that uh, at the very upper echelons of the FBI for decades has been a corrupt political organization. Yeah, I know. I know, especially with a, uh, about Martha, how they did Martha Luther King. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. There, there okay, was that, too. Comment. Thomas, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the uh, call, and have a glorious weekend with your family. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene had uh, some great audio. She talked to uh, Steve Bannon about what's going on at the uh, FBI and the fact that not only while the FBI is going after you and me, while the IRS is going after you and me, while the deep state is going after you and me, the FBI is literally stonewalling investigations, covering up evidence of the Biden family and their absolute corruption. I've got the audio from that coming up. Then also some surprising uh, news about uh, elections in New York and the uh, voter rolls there have been completely corrupted. Also, I promise you I'll get to the target stuff. This is the Rob Carson Show. He's the best thing to come out of Iowa since Superman and Captain Kirk. It's the Rob Carson Show. You know, uh, Bud Light's lost $14 billion in stock value. Target saw that and said, hold my beer. <laughs> uh, yeah, Target's lost about $9 billion in stock value since uh, its LGBTQ pride uh, products. Uh, yeah, uh, Target stock closed at $160 uh, a share, giving uh, big box retail chain a market capital say, blah, 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 blah. Uh, anyway, they've lost $9 billion. Earlier this month, it was revealed that Target sells LGBTQ-themed onesies for babies, children's books advocating for drag queen shows, supports uh, trans future t-shirts, trans pride, trans power greeting cards, tuck-friendly bathing suits. And this is a, uh, this is a political movement. This is, um, this is an overcorrection for uh, the sins of the past, and, and I think it's uh, terrible because I'm not, uh, I've never been anti-gay. I've uh, been to two uh, weddings of, of dear friends of mine who uh, were same-sex couples, and, and uh, you know, I, I said, uh, if you love one another, you want to spend your lives together, then I'm not, uh, uh, I'm, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm glad for you. Because uh, there are a million ways to sin in this world, and uh, devoting your life to someone else is, I think, a pretty amazing thing to do. Now, it, it'll all be settled out in the end, so I'm not going to get into a philosophical debate, and you're not going to scream at me and say, hey, you know, you're, you're approving of the money, and you're going to go to hell, and I don't have time for that. Uh, we'll all be settled out in the end, but I will tell you, uh, he who um, has no sin uh, casts the first stone. 
Oh, I don't see any stones. I don't think anybody's getting stoned. It's weird. It's kind of weird. So uh, there is uh, there is that. Now, this is uh, something that I found. Um, this is a, uh, uh, let's see if I can find this. I want to find the, uh, the audio of this insane woman. This is a woman at Target who found out that um, her, uh, her uh, they, they had moved some of the extreme uh, uh, pro-LGBTQRSTUV uh, stuff, uh, particularly the binding swimsuits for little boys whose mommies want them to be little girls because they are insane. And this is an insane woman. Her name is Rachel Lefevre, and she's an out-of-work actress at Target. And she's lamenting that uh, all of a sudden people can't guy binding suits. So I just walked into Target, and the um, right behind me here where you see all these lovely swimsuits, that's where the pride display used to be. And I came in here two days ago, and my seven-year-old, who's non-binary, saw... Okay, a seven-year-old is non-binary. There's your first problem. Uh, when you're seven years old, what are your genitals for? They're for peeing. That's about it. And said, look, Mom, it's pride. Look, they're going to celebrate me. Yeah, because I've been brainwashed by my mommy. And because some people complained and um, <laughs> threw some stuff to the ground, or I don't know what happened, they have moved to the pride section to the back of the store. So the next time my seven-year-old comes to Target... Or rather, I can't bring them here anymore. Oh, you can't bring your kid to Target anymore. Sure. Uh, lay that on us. At least for the entire month of June. Because if they walk in, and all the other people who walk in can go... Oh, look, there's just a swimsuit display for everybody. Where'd it go? Are going to realize that they are being successful in trying to erase them. Oh, please. Dear Lord. This is uh, Munchausen by proxy, by the way. You ever heard of Munchausen by proxy? It's where a, a mentally ill parent uh, uses their child to get attention for themselves. Uh, generally, it's to give them some sort of an illness, uh, you know, poison their food or whatever, so uh, mommy can go to the hospital with them and be a victim. That's the same uh, same scenario that's going on here. A seven-year-old is non-binary is nonsense. Uh, Target is not going out, by the way, uh, and getting rid of it. Target declared it would continue its commitment to the LGBTQIA plus community, standing with them as we celebrate Pride Month and throughout the year. Target's CEO said selling LGBTQ merchandise is right thing for society. By the way, the uh, according to an internal email sent to uh, employees on Thursday, the Minneapolis-based company advised employees to remember the murder of George Floyd which occurred three years ago. Yesterday was a very hard day for Target. And as CEO Brian Cornell said, thank you for the care you've shown each other, our frontline teens, and the LGBTQIA plus community. Today brings more reflection and pain and the need for continued care for our team, hometown, and world remember the murder of George Floyd. This is where Target has just uh, jumped the shark. Vivek Ramasati Swami said that uh, Target is spit in the face of their customers. He says it's not a boycott. It's just a response to a company that chooses to spit in their face. I have no doubt that many companies do find wokeness to be a short-term trick. I never I thought I'd say uh, no to Target, but uh, Target is off my shopping list. Let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. This is The Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. I just got a uh, uh, text from my niece in Iowa, and she was kind enough to go to my father and my brother's grave 
yesterday and uh, lay flowers. I was there for Mother's Day. Uh, my mother is buried there as well. And um, for all of you who have uh, uh, veterans in your life, uh, whether living or deceased, uh, thank you. God bless you. And my thoughts are with you. I always like to uh, talk about um, the uh, the fact that you know I was that kid in in high school. In, well, in elementary school, I was the I was the bothersome kid who was always curious. And and I would uh, you know like for instance, I'd, I'd spark up a conversation with Mr. Ballantyne. Mr. Ballantyne was my English uh, teacher in eighth grade. And, you know, all the other kids were doing this. Or, I was always asking Mr. Ballantyne about Mr. Ballantyne. What do you, 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 what do you do? Well, you were in the military? You were in the army? Oh, my God, you were in the army? What'd you do? What do you do? And, 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 and Mr. Ballantyne is, you know, all right, kid, whatever. Here, I'll tell you. I found out because of my curiosity, nobody else in my class knew. In fact, I don't think any of my classmates knew, even graduating from high school. Mr. Ballantyne was a, was a, uh, a Pearl Harbor survivor. Yeah, I discovered that. He was a submariner. And he survived Pearl Harbor. By the way, there's only one more Pearl Harbor survivor. He's 101 years old. I just read that this morning. And then, and then uh, you know, there's uh, Harold Delaney. He was my bus driver. And I'll never forget the first day I met Harold Delaney. I was uh, in first grade. We had moved to a new school. I was this little kid, and we'd moved from Omaha, Nebraska, out of this little town called Neola, Iowa. And in front, of the, in front of the school, there were three buses. And I was told I had to get on Joe's bus. And so I got on Harold's bus. And uh, he said, well, this isn't, uh, Harold was there. And he goes, well, this isn't Joe's bus. I'm Harold. And I started crying. And he goes, hey, 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 let me take you over to Joe's bus. I'll never forget it. And, and Harold never forgot that moment. I don't know what made me special. Maybe it's because I bugged him so much. But when I was working at a truck stop in Neola, Iowa, on I-80, it's called Four Sons Truck Stop. I worked there in, in uh, high school. I worked as a fry cook. And then I worked as a cashier. And, you know, I worked overnight shifts and all this. And Harold Delaney and his wife would come in. Delbert and Beulah Rose would come in, and, and every, uh, every day he'd have a small coffee, and he'd hang out there, and I'd just delve into his life. And, uh, and I just know with, like, truckers, I, there's a Vietnam veteran named Charlie. He used to work for England Trucking, and I got to know Charlie and hear his experience of combat in Vietnam. And he was in one of those, uh, those uh, uh, gunboats that went up and down the river. And, uh, and Harold Delaney is this, uh, you know, older gentleman who, who passed away in 20, uh, 2000, in the year 2000. He's buried in Neola, Iowa. And, uh, and I got out of uh, Harold Delaney that he was in the first wave that hit Omaha Beach. He was in the first wave. He's 19 years old. And I remember he had this very kind of aw shucks attitude. And, uh, and uh, he didn't really like to talk about I mean, I wouldn't say that I, I was forcing something out of him. He felt uncomfortable. He just, he was like, aw shucks. You know, I did it because I had to do it. But he told me that he... Uh, he remembers uh, going on Omaha Beach and watching his friends fall before him and uh, digging a, a hole where he uh, stayed all night as bullets whizzed over his head, wondering if he was going to live, wondering if he was going to make it through the night. And uh, I just think it's um, something I like to share every Memorial Day weekend, my connection with, uh, with people, and uh, particularly with the greatest generation. Um, so many um, kind of just came back to the country, the, the greatest war that the world had ever seen, came back, settled in, got busy, and uh, rebuilt the country and, and made the country into what it is today. Uh, the real renaissance, the real uh, explosion of, of creativity, it happened during the Industrial Revolution, and then the greatest generation put the pedal to the metal on it. 
and uh, and and we have seen um, even even with the youngest generations, even with millennials who uh, who served, who took up arms, who went and fought in Afghanistan and Iraq, that same attitude is there in all of them. The same attitude is there. And then some of them, you know, you might see a hat that says I was a veteran, but they rarely will come up to you. And and frequently you have to ask about their service. And very rarely will somebody really open up and say what happened. Even those who've been affected by PTSD, they'll still keep it to themselves. But, um, but you know, we've always been willing to step up and fight. And it wasn't. It didn't just end at the Greatest Generation. It continued through my generation, Generation X, that went to uh, Iraq and then Afghanistan, and then uh, my my generation and, and the millennials who picked up arms and quit school to go fight after September the 11th. They uh, never. They, they, we have never not responded, um, even when the country doesn't reciprocate and frequently forgets the sacrifices of those who have given so much. So on this uh, Memorial Day weekend, I just want you to know that uh, uh, we carry the banner for those who have fallen and we carry the banner for those who continue to uh, serve and have served. So thank you. Thank you very much for all of that. All right. Um, let's uh, let's move into this. I want uh, Last night, Ron DeSantis was on... Um, was on uh, Newsmax, and uh, he, of course, had a uh, rather kind of did kind of a face plant with regard to the uh, the uh, uh, kickoff of his campaign, and, and we could dwell on that. I'm not going to uh, just because you know these technical things happen. Could have been done in a better way, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but anyway, he appeared uh, last night on uh, on Newsmax, and Eric Bowling gave him a, a, a fair, a good and fair interview, and I and I think it's fine. And I I don't want you to think that I am so. Uh, invested in a candidate that I won't share with you uh, what other candidates have to say. Um, Ron DeSantis has a tough road to hoe because he's running against a movement, not another candidate. Uh, right now in Iowa, where Ron DeSantis is going to go next week, Donald Trump re- leads with Republican voters 60 to 20. 40-point spread. So it's, it's a tough road to hoe. Will he be able to get past it? I don't know. I don't think so. Because I don't think that Trump voters will move because they don't feel that 2020 was just, and they are looking at this election essentially as Donald Trump being an incumbent with a massive, disastrous uh, middleman in the middle, which is Joe Biden and what he's done to the country. So we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But this is uh, Ryan DeSantis last night. A lot of people are saying that uh, he is a rhino, uh, you know, Paul Ryan ally, etc. Uh, and here is what Ron DeSantis uh, said in response to that with Eric Bowling last night on Newsmax. Well, I can tell you this, Eric. I have not spoken to Paul Ryan since I've been governor. I've met Carl Rove once in my life. They are not involved in my political operation. So that's just manufactured garbage that people put out there online. So people are telling you that, you know, I'd hope that they'll, uh, they'll look at the facts rather than do that. You also look at my record. How many establishment Republicans would have sent illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard? How many establishment Republicans uh, would have stood up against Disney? How many establishment Republicans would have signed the bill that I just signed to ban land purchases from people affiliated with the CCP in the state of Florida? We're now being sued by the ACLU uh, for that. How many establishment Republicans would have leaned in to support our children against the pronoun Olympics? We banned the pronoun Olympics in our schools. Where the yeah, and I, and I give him credit for all of those things. Absolutely, 1,000%. I love it. I love that he has 
uh, adopted some of these pro-America, uh, almost Trumpian philosophies. <laughs> Um, and, that, and it's great. And it, it is great for the state of Florida. It is great for the state of Florida. But let's not forget what Donald Trump was able to do while, uh, you know, essentially doing what DeSantis did while under fire from everybody, including 97% negative media coverage, uh, a surveillance of a FISA court that was uh, literally done with the help of the FBI and the DOJ, uh, false charges, uh, two impeachments that were a sham, uh, uh, a raid of, well, after, after he left office Mar-a-Lago, I can go on and on. So it's nice that what he did for Florida, I, that's great. But realize that Donald Trump was able to make Jerusalem the capital of Israel. Donald Trump was able to get Roe v. Wade uh, out of existence. Donald Trump was able to erase federal regulations, two federal regulations for every new one. He was able to give us the largest tax uh, uh, decrease in the history of the country. He was able to... Um, Bring black unemployment down to uh, the lowest number on record. I can go on and on. Peace accord in Israel. No new wars. Uh, on and on and on. So, I mean, it's great that you did this in Florida. It really is. But let's not forget uh, what Donald Trump did um, when he was the president of the United States. Uh, here is uh, uh, Ron DeSantis talking about this idiotic uh, NAACP travel advisory in Florida. Like Ron DeSantis has suddenly made Florida into a super racist, anti-gay place, which is, I mean, just beyond stupid. And, and honestly, Florida should be able to sue the crap out of the NAACP for uh, uh, essentially slander. This is such a stunt. It's a typical political farce. Not only does the... If I were in charge of any division of tourism in the state of Florida, I would sue the NAACP for hundreds of millions of dollars right now. Every chamber of commerce in Florida, every city chamber of commerce, the Florida chamber of Congress, commerce should all go after the NAACP for this malfeasance, this nonsense. The president of the NAACP live in Florida. Most of the board members have posted on social media pictures of them vacationing in Florida since I've been governor. Uh, so this is a typical political stunt. But I do think it's important uh, to point out, in Florida, we don't divvy up by race. We treat everyone uh, in a colorblind fashion. We do, though, happen to have more black-owned businesses than any state in the country. Uh, are also our African-American students. In well, they do that to lure the black people down there so they can discriminate against them or something like that. A-12 perform better than all but a handful of states in terms of their black students because we have school choice, so parents can actually go to the school of their choice. If you're in Chicago or you're in Baltimore, these kids have a better chance of getting shot than getting a de decent education. Yeah. Now let's go ahead and just ask the uh, parents of color in the audience, where would you rather have your kid go to school, in Florida or Baltimore? Yeah. I don't see the NAACP talking about Chicago or Baltimore. No, they're focused on Florida, where people of all races are having the opportunity uh, to get ahead. So we don't bow down to any of those leftist tactics. We fight them back head on. And all I will tell you, people have been talking about boycotting Florida really since I've been governor. Every time I do something, and yet we just finished the first quarter of this year record tourism we've never had so many people flooding into this state yeah and because it's uh, it's nonsensical the cries of uh, the crying wolf of racism has finally uh meeting deaf ears 
And like I said, I would absolutely 1,000%, if I were a member of a, of a chamber of commerce, if I were a, a business owner in Florida, if I were a black business owner in Florida, I would sue the NAACP right out of existence. Uh, we're going to take a break. Barbara from Baltimore will be up next. We love to hear from her. This is The Rob Carson Show. To all the American haters and anthem kneelers. I think it's misguided to protest the anthem and the flag. Yeah, we're done with you. It's the Rob Carson Show. If you get the chance, check out my TV show. It's called Rob Carson's What in the World? And uh, we just uh, finished it up yesterday. And generally what happens is I, uh, I take the show on Wednesday into Thursday, and then I start preparing for the next week's show on Friday. So... Uh, <laughs> uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it is a political commentary and comedy show, and it is rapid fire. It's like if the uh, Daily Show were done with a conservative uh, or uh, Tosh 2.0 was in his 50s. I think you'd really uh, enjoy it. If you get a chance to go to NewsmaxTV.com for all of the listing details, Channel 349 on DirecTV, and, of course, you can, uh, you can see... Uh, 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 Direct TV, and then also the Newsmax app. Download it on your phone. I believe like eight million people have downloaded the Newsmax app since Tucker Carlson's firing. <laughs> it is uh, remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Barbara in Baltimore is calling. She wants to comment on uh, Ron DeSantis and Eric Bowling last night on Newsmax. Hello, Barbara. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Good and to hear from you. Don't worry. Now that I know the policy, I will not call more than once a week for sure. Oh, honey, you call as much as you want. I don't even care. Oh, that sounds good. Well, your call screen, it doesn't say that. <laughs> well, Barbara, you know what? Can I just tell you something? You're the only caller that I have that people say you should be a regular segment on the show. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding, Barbara. I, I, they do, and I, I told you you need your own podcast. You know, well, I'm going to work on. I'll do that. But I all right, all right. I, I'm just so uh, disappointed in Eric, and I mean, I like Eric Bowling. Yeah. Okay, and I also like Ron DeSantis, but I'm a little bit disappointed in yeah. the fact that he did not follow up with questions. I was waiting for to hear the difference in his policy and Donald Trump. Uh, see, he never came back to that. If, we, yeah. if, if, if Ron DeSantis wants to run for president, he needs to hit the hard subject. And these people, especially conservatives, when he's on their show, they need to ask him specific questions. Like one would be, uh, what do you think about the FBI corruption and what are you going to do about it? See, that deep state is a part of who he is. That's why I'm done as far as him. I like Ron DeSantis, but he should have been... Barbara, Barbara. Uh, Ron DeSantis yesterday was on with Glenn Beck, and he talked about dissembling the deep state. Uh, and it is on his radar. That's important. It is on his radar. I'm going to tell you... Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, and, it, I'm sure, it, and I'm sure it, the Bushes and the Carl Rose and the people giving him big money that are making money with the deep state, they're going to let him do it. I'm sure of that. All but, right. Uh, <laughs> Saying. All right, go you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. You're getting that kind of money, I don't want to hear that from him. We know what happens to politicians when they get a lot of money and when they get it. I'm still waiting for Kevin McCarthy to release the other uh, 41,000 videos. Yeah, the hour, the hours of video. And nobody yeah, but, hears nothing more about it. I'm kind yeah. of getting sick of these uh, go along to get along Republicans, and that's what I get when I hear um, Ron DeSantis. And the other thing that um, Eric asked him, you know, did he make the statement that he would pardon President Trump? He would now, pardon President I, Trump. I heard so that, that yesterday. Is that the assumption that President Trump is going to be convicted? Hold on, hold on. 
Yeah, I read that yesterday in the UK Daily Mail that he did an interview with uh, the Buck Sexton show, whatever, and he said that he would uh, pardon, he hinted at uh, pardoning Donald Trump for January the 6th. And I tweeted yesterday, I said, if that is the case, then Ron DeSantis is done for me. Because uh, Donald Trump didn't do a damn thing on January the 6th. What happened on January the 6th is what is being unveiled with January 6th is that the FBI had infiltrated the Capitol protesters. This is a fact because it was literally unveiled by Christopher Ray. The reason why they don't want to release the video is because it would unmask the operatives the FBI had in the crowd. So I said January the 6th was a Reichstag moment on January the 7th, and I am right. And if for Ron DeSantis to say something like that, like Donald Trump needs to be uh, pardoned after he was impeached for it and they found no evidence of it, and that's, the I'm sorry. Report. That's bullcrap. Eric did not even touch on that. What what was his reaction to that? You know what I'm saying? Well, Uh, yeah. I, and, and I'll tell you, Barbara, um, Trump, Trump voters Trump voters haven't been convinced. Uh, and we have nothing against Ron DeSantis. I think that Trump voters want Donald Trump to have the term that he won. That he deserves to get Boom. it done. From day one, uh, the, you know what, and they're going against him because they know that's what he's going to do. There's going to be massive resignations uh, the day after the election, which is what we want because it's going to be... Those bad players who have been doing what they're doing, and they're going to, some of them are going to start worrying about being uh, um, prosecuted, like Merrick Garland. I do believe that there are people in the FBI and the Justice Department who really need to be locked up. Well, Barbara, you, you, you look at the, the FBI involvement in the 2016 election and then in 2020. That is using the federal government to affect elections. People should go to jail. That is... Yes, uh, that's a coup d'etat. Absolutely, and, and Ron, they get mad. Uh, uh, did you used to put? Do you, are you an election denier? Well, absolutely, I'm an election denier because all the evidence proves the fact that they rigged it. N- not even talking about the ballots that we saw being stuffed. Not even with that. It's everything else that they did. The people yeah. in charge of what they did, suppressing that story about Hunter Biden. All of it. Yeah. Election. Election. Um, suppression. Fraud. Exactly. 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 Well, um, I feel it, better now. Yeah. Oh, well, you. I was waiting for you to start talking about it. <laughs> well, you know, listen. I, I think that Ron DeSantis would make a great president, but not this time. Not 2020. He needs. He needs to learn the ropes, and he needs to learn who his real friends are. <laughs> and right. when he stepped out with the Bushes, that kind of did it for me. And um, there's some of the things that he's been saying since then. He's just right. not ready. And that's All right, Barbara. Thanks. I got to run. I got to run. You bet, you bet, you bet. I mean, if if it were absolutely the only choice, Ron DeSantis, sure. But honestly, uh, you know, for a lot of people, it's Trump now, DeSantis, 2028 and 2032. He wants two terms. Ron DeSantis wants two terms. Why not make it into 12 years of GOP rule to turn this thing around rather than just, you know, four? Let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. The D.C. Swamp has divided us. It's time to come together to fight for America as founded. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. I think it's time for a palate cleanser, a little comedic uh, palate cleanser, because Target has lost $9 billion in value, and it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. You thought Bud Light was bad. Target has got a target on him. This is Jim Gossett. 
Devil went down to Target to push his gay pride line. Swimsuit with a tuck just to make a buck, thought the customers wouldn't mind. The designer worshipped Satan. On his clothes, the devil's displayed. He's an evil dude, now Target screwed a heavy price they paid. Devil went down to Target. He had some threads to sell mm-hmm. with gay design, satanic signs that looked like they came from hell. <laughs> and now Target's backtracking. Somehow they were shocked. Their Satan theme and gay pride dream would be bad for their stock. Watch them as they scramble to take stuff off their shelves. Should be ashamed, no one to blame, but their stupid selves. Target pulled the gay pride plan. The stuff has really hit the fan. Heavy losses overnight. They did not learn from Bud Light. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, a teacher's union told the L.A. Dodgers that students would die if drag queen nuns weren't be able to uh, be invited to Pride Night. Powerful California Teachers Union, part of a successful pressure campaign to get the L.A. Dodgers to re-invite a group of drag queen nuns to the team's annual Pride Night. The union suggested that LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ students' lives were at stake. Quote, as a time when LGBTQ rights are under attack across the country, and no, they aren't, Uh, More than 400 pieces of legislation filed in states at a time when 45% of LGBTQ youth report seriously considering suicide each year. We should be uh, leading with love and inclusion in California rather than sowing division. This is all a bunch of crap, by the way, because it's about uh, uh, telling, uh, you know, whether or not you tell a four-year-old that they can change gender, which is insane, or they can have a different, you know, whatever gender identity. It's insane. And teaching sex and sexuality to young children is all insane. It's not anti-gay. Uh, if anything, your movement is pro-groom. And it's sickening. And people get it. The bud's off the rose. The only people who are defending this nonsense are the teachers' unions. And they need to be defunded. California Teachers Association Preds president said he's referring to a spate of red state legislation restricting sex change treatment. No, mutilation of, of, uh, of children, which turns them into lifelong eunuchs, unable to reproduce. And then waking up when they're 20 and going, what the hell did uh, I do to myself and what do these parents allow to happen? Our students are watching what happens on and off the field. So um, the thing you don't know is uh, the Dodgers caved and agreed to recognize this this uh, group of uh, individuals, uh, this uh, transgendered uh, nuns group, and um, they are uh, uh, on Monday offered the sincerest apologies to the group and its allies pledged to continue their work with the LGBTQ partners to better educate ourselves. The sisters confirmed and accepted the Dodgers' renewed invitation. Uh, Sister Roma thanked the California Teachers Association in a tweet on Tuesday. This is huge. Thank you also for affirming your commitment to our queer and trans youth. Uh, Understanding and acceptance starts with education, and education starts with teachers. Uh, From its inception in 1979 in San Francisco's Castro District, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, that's the name of the group, has satirized Catholic beliefs in the same way progressive in the name of progressive activism. When Pope John Paul II visited San Francisco in 1987, the group held an exorcism and a condom savior mass featuring the latex host in Union Square. Uh, I'm not the best Catholic in the world. 
Every day my mother would make sure that I was in the front pew at St. Pat's Church in Neola, Iowa, an hour before everybody got there. This is unacceptable. Uh, Let's see, other events uh, included a mock mass with tequila, a Good Friday fetish fashion show, and a midnight confessional contest at a bar with prizes for the hottest confessions. The sisters are best known for their Hunky Jesus contest every year, Sunday in San Francisco, Easter Sunday, featuring uh, sexual parodies of the crucifixion. Don't go to the games. Don't don't go to the Dodgers. And this is amazing. I mean, it, it, this is what I'm telling you. Remember what I told you about saying no? If you just say no to this, you know, it, it isn't anti-gay. It doesn't make you a transphobe. None of that. If you If you, as a Catholic and a gay Catholic... And you watch, you're cool with a condom host? What the, what the hell? Are you serious? It doesn't get any more real than your, your existential being after life and where you choose to worship and what you choose to worship. It doesn't get any more real than your, your faith, your belief in a higher power that gave you life and gives you life and that you would invite these pathetic, piss-poor representation of, of gay people to your baseball game to be a part of this. It really is. It, it's, it's a damn shame because gay people have made enormous progress in this country. When I was a kid, in the 70s and early 80s, it was not uncommon for gay people to get bashed just for being gay just for being gay. We have grown so much as a country. We have. Even if you disagree, even if you think a gay person is a sinner, you love sinners, right? We're all sinners. But if you, this is demonic crap here. This is evil crap. And I've never really, I've always known that good conquers over evil, otherwise Hitler's nephew would be the chancellor of Nazi Germany now. And the Soviet Union would still be here now. But I don't think there's been a more clear-cut example of good and evil battling each other. The evil being literally uh, parroted and championed by the left and our government. Good's going to win. We got a lot of fighting to do in the meantime. Also, a group of parents in North uh, Hollywood, California planning to keep their children home from a school on uh, June 2nd because of a planned school assembly to observe LGBTQ Pride Month. Now, do they do a Catholic month? Do they do a Christian uh, Pride March? Do they do any of that? Do they do a Muslim Pride March? Really? Parents at Sadakoy Elementary School outraged the event, which appears to be part of a broader observance within Los Angeles Unified School District of June as Pride Month. Keep your kids at home June 2nd. We are parents of elementary school children who have the right to exp- int- who have the right to introduce sexually explicit topics at our discretion. Yes, any topic that is related to LGBTQ is L- sexually explicit. Why? Our children are innocent, have no idea what is out there. We as parents have the right to introduce these topics at our own discretion. Instead, we are being forced to t- into talking about topics that should not burden our children for many years to come. And have you been to a gay pride parade lately? I have been saying this for at least 20 years. 
when you see men dressed in dog collars and S&M be, uh, uh, gear leading around other men, crawling around on their knees, wearing BDSM crap, does that make you proud? Or do you want to join the rest of us as serious adults? Do, do you want to do that? How about you put a suit on? How about you, you, you show up and you proudly represent your persuasion? I'm not saying that you choose, but do you choose to represent in a fashion that's just foul, disgusting, dressing up like a nun and uh, making fun of the Catholic Mass and Jesus Christ hanging on the cross? Is this is this what you want the gay movement to become? Because I'm going to tell you, it's not doing any favors to gay people in this country who want to integrate and be a part of our society, which we are more than willing to do. It really is. Uh, it is remarkable. It is really remarkable. I want to go to Mick in West Virginia. He's been on the phone for a while. Mick, welcome to the show, man. I'm glad to have you on today. What's on your mind? Thank you, Mr. Carson. Um, now, you said that there's this big hullabaloo that that Florida's anti-gay, correct? <laughs> well, that's what that's what the NAACP is saying. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> this is Memorial Day weekend, and right now, Pensacola, Florida, is the host to Gay Weekend. I mean, this has been going on for 30 oh, yeah. plus years. Okay. Oh, yeah. There are going to be hundreds of thousands of, you know, LG alphabet people heading to Florida. Yes. Um, I mean, it's, it's Black Friday for the hospitality industry. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. It, it, well, it's, it, sir, Nick. Mick, I got to tell you, you know, I, I said this the other day when they said that because Ron DeSantis is the governor and because the left doesn't agree with his policies, which are completely reasonable, by the way, they uh, caterwaul and they and they uh, inflame things that are not true and all of this stuff. And I got to tell you, if you go into South Florida, it is it is very it's all about uh, uh, blacks, Hispanics proudly uh, living in South Florida. It's a wonderful place to live. Florida is a wonderful place to live. And it's also I don't know if you been to Miami lately or if you've been to the Keys lately uh, pretty much the gayest pa- places on the planet outside of San Francisco wouldn't you agree oh jeez oh, you know <laughs> just Key West you know <laughs> I know you know and, and and also Miami I mean yeah. Yeah, that's that's like the San Francisco of the East you know yeah it, it is honestly and and it's become the, the louder they get the more that they're defeated the louder they get the more extreme they become they've gone from on campus calling everybody racist to to saying that uh, conservatives are white supremacists and then saying that if conservatives speak it's a weapon and it just gets bigger and bigger and they get more pejorative and it's it's nonsensical and really the NAACP if I were in Florida if I were a gay person Person who owned a business, if I were a chamber of commerce, I would sue the NAACP for every dime they have. You cannot simply say things like this, meant to literally crush tourism and commerce in a state based on a lie, and get away with it, Mick. Well, yeah, they're well, the NAACP, they're past the time. You know. Oh, yeah, I know. They, they're still called the National uh, Association for the Advancement of Colored People. 
Yeah. I mean, that went out with, what, <laughs> 50s? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a long time ago. There, there was a time and the place, but it's a joke. Listen, Nick, I got to run, but thanks for the phone call. Yes, I'll take the United, right. Remember the United Negro College Fund? That was a big... I'm just saying it because it existed. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Don't freak the hell out. I grew up watching television with PSAs for the United Negro College Fund. It's no big deal. Whatever. Get over it. I'm not a racist. I'm not anti-gay. Unbelievable. Let's go to Mike. Uh, Michael in Towson, Maryland. Hello, Michael. Welcome to the show. Mr. Carson, wonderful to talk to you. Thank you, sir. I wanted to uh, get you into the Wayback Machine for a little while. Go back to the 1950s and 60s when corporations had one motive, serve the customer and make a good profit. Or the second one was to make money for the shareholders. Now let's fast forward to the 2020s. Oh, we have all these woke CEOs that used to be the hippies from the 60s. They're running the companies now. Yeah, Michael, also I might mention the progeny of those people, the people who went through a complete indoctrination from uh, uh, from uh, preschool through college. Those people are millennials. They're running things like Facebook. They were running Twitter, and they're also in charge. So not only are the people, the class of 1968 part of this, but their progeny are part of this as well, Michael. But I, I guess my point is, let's just take the example of uh, Disney. Uh, you had a, a woke CEO of Disney, basically got fired, and they had to bring Bob Iger out of retirement. I don't know if he's still woken up, or, but whatever. But the point is, the old-style CEOs that cared about profit and customers are now deferring to the activists that are running the company. Exactly, and it's going to kill them all. I mean, it's going to destroy the companies. Target has already lost $9 billion. Bud Light has already lost $15 billion. And I told you from the very beginning, Michael, I said, all you have to do is say no. This is not only in corporate America, but also what's going on in our federal government. Say no. Don't become a customer of these companies, and don't become just a means of production and taxation for the government. Say no to all of it. So possibly it's going to have to take a shareholder revolt. Because the board of directors, they're in on it, too, with the DEI stuff, which is garbage. So apparently the people who are the shareholders are going to have to wake up and get all these CEOs out of there. Yeah, well, that's happening, Michael, and we got to keep it going, and we got to pe- keep the pressure on Target. We got to keep the pressure on Bud Light, Disney, Netflix. They tried, uh, you know, letting a bunch of employees say that Dave Chappelle was somehow transphobe when he actually uh, did a very pro-trans uh, 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 comedy bit. So uh, these will fall one by one. We got to keep uh, fighting the good fight. I got to take a break, Michael. Thanks for the call. This is the Rob Carson Show. The SS Bitanic sets sail on January 20th, 2021. Now she's taking on water in a big way. It's the Rob Carson Show. I did a meme online today featuring uh, Black Lives Matter being painted on the uh, street in New York City in front of the Trump Hotel. They did the same thing in uh, Washington, D.C. And the a-holes who did this, uh, you know, to drive, and they drove uh, Donald Trump's uh, hotel out of Washington, D.C. It was criminal. Um, and uh, now they are going bankrupt, by the way. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, Black Lives Matter is, uh, is trying to stay afloat. Uh, they spent all their money on uh, mansions and nonsense. I wonder if idiots like Jennifer Aniston and John Cena feel bad for giving a million dollars to Black Lives Matter or Blake Lively or Ryan Reynolds who pledged $200,000 or Chrissy Teigen, $200,000, all of these morons, while the uh, BLM spent $12 million on luxury condo 
windows. Uh, the one in, in L.A. was $6 million. Soundstage, mu- music studio, pool, parking for 20 cars. No poor black people got to go there. No victims of racism got to go there. Toronto, they bought a mansion for $6 million. Malibu, $1.4. Inglewood, $800,000. Plus all of the salaries for cronies in the Black Lives Matter movement affiliated with Patrice Colors, including her brother Paul Colors, whose two companies were set, paid $1.6 million providing security service for BLM in 2022, et cetera, et cetera. It's very uh, odd that a, a, a an organization could raise $90 million in a year and go bankrupt without doing anything with the money other than spend it on the people involved in enriching them. Kind of sounds like the Democrat Party, don't it? Don't you feel like an idiot supporting the Black Lives Matter movement? If you wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, you honestly need to be publicly shamed because you're an idiot. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Here's a guy. This is that guy who's going uh, viral on uh, on uh, on uh, Twitter this morning. Uh, this is a, a gentleman. He's a he's a black man talking about Black Lives Matter. And and by the way, you can you can actually change Black Lives Matter for Democrat Party. You can interchange them. BLM is not good for our community. It's not. Or Democrat Party. Just look at the history. You got these fools taking your money and buying mansions with it. What have they done for the community? Nothing. Democrat. What are you guys doing for uh, for gang violence and people innocent people get shot? Where where's all that? Where's that protesting at? I'm over here on Crenshaw and Florence right now, moving in the street. I'm dealing with people that's afflicted by drug drug abuse and all that. What the hell's BLM on that? Or the government? And black Lives Matter. You need to be in the community where the Black Lives actually matter. What about you, Barack Obama? They have no job, no work. It's not even a grocery store where I'm at. That's a food desert. They shut it down. There's a couple of people in there that needed to start a farmer's market and all of that because they know the hood needs food. Well, where the f*** is BLM? They're not around. Or the Democrat Party. Sounds like your life matters and your pocket matters and your mansions matter. There you go. There you go. This is Kim Klasik. She uh, ran for office in uh, Maryland. She's also the host of a talk show on WCBM preceding my show. And here she is talking about all of the the, uh, the nonsense that's happening in Baltimore. Seven people were shot in the city of Baltimore yesterday, and I'm just trying to figure out how that could be. We removed Confederate monuments. We banned plastic bags. We've limited the emissions in the air. We've added more bike lanes. We put restrictions on law-abiding citizens that just want to legally carry their guns to protect themselves and their family. How could seven people still get shot? How could this be one of the most deadliest years in Baltimore's history? Because the Democrat Party doesn't give a damn about you. And neither does Black Lives Matter. All right, that's going to do it for the show for me today. Uh, Let's go ahead and wrap things up. We'll come back in just one second, but um, uh, let's take a break. You are listening to uh, The Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. God bless our veterans, those uh, living and departed, uh, active duty and retired, and you guys watch the TV show this weekend until Tuesday. Don't catch the stupid. I'll see you then.